Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. I want you to open with me to the book of John, John chapter 2. And then I'd like you just to look up here. Today is Mother's Day, and we're going to look at one of the great mothers of the Bible, the mother of Jesus Christ himself. And the title of my message today is Lessons from a Spiritual Mother. Lessons from a Spiritual Mother. How many people grew up with a mom who knew the Lord? Could I see your hands? It's an amazing thing to have a mom that knows the Lord and that seeks the Lord. And the Bible is filled with mothers, women of God, who really did great things for God. And um, this message is, is about a woman and it's about women in, in the very unique role that they can play in our lives. But this message is really for all of us. It's for every single one of us. Um, and when you, when you think about Mary, the mother of God, I think it's important to point out because there have been a lot of theological um, controversy revolving around the mother of Jesus. The mother of Jesus, Mary, was a woman who was very highly favored of God, but she was also very human. She was very human. God never meant for Mary to be worshipped or prayed to, but he did raise her up as, so, as an, a crowning example of someone who believed him and followed him in very powerful ways. And uh, um, the mother of Jesus not only gave birth to him, but her whole life she really lived to bring him glory and honor. And she was a very powerful and spiritual woman of God that we're going to see today. We're going to be reading a very, um, uh, a very earthly, kind of natural passage of Scripture, um, which I love. Uh, um, when we see Jesus in the Scriptures, for the most part, we see him... Uh, interacting, yes, he was God and man, but we see him in, uh, acting as God, but today we're going to see him acting as God, but having a, a moment with his mother as a son. And, uh, and it's, really, it's, it's really kind of wonderful to watch. Now, when you read the book of John, the book of John is one of the four Gospels. This is very important for all of us to understand. So the first three Gospels are called the, synopt uh, the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's four, uh, it's uh, three stories about the same, for the most part, the same events told from slightly different perspectives. The book of John is different. The book of John was a book that was written to reveal the exalted nature of Christ, not the human nature but the exalted nature of Christ. The book of John was written to reveal to us uh, the inner meaning of his works and power. So one of the things that you see, and, you're gonna, and this is going to be true to the passage I'm going to read to you in a moment, one of the things that you'll see is at the end of this passage, it will say this was one of the signs. 
okay? This was one of the many signs. In the, in the other Gospels, it tends to say this is one of the miracles sort of expressing the works of power that Jesus did. But this says one of the signs because it's talking about some of the very symbolic things that Jesus did for our benefit. Okay? So this is for our benefit so that we could learn about him and so that our hearts could be, could be built up uh, in the faith. So, so the title is Lessons from a Spiritual Mother. And uh, 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 how, many, how many want to learn some spiritual lessons today? Amen. I hope that's why you came. Not for nothing, but like a quarter of you raise your hand. What's up with that? So let's go ahead and turn to John chapter 2. Beginning with, with verse 1, it says, On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. Now, everyone stop here for a second. I want you to notice that it leads with Jesus' mother. It doesn't lead with Jesus. Okay? And so, for the most part, when you read, Jesus is the main figure. And we all know that he is the central figure of the word of God. Jesus is the center of everything. But in this particular passage, it leads with his mother. Okay, so Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. So this is a wedding. They ran out of wine. We'll talk about the importance of having wine at a, at a, at a Jewish um, celebration like this. It was very, very important, and it was kind of very embarrassing to run out of wine at that time. And so uh, she, it says, when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Now, I love his reply because this really speaks to the human relationship and yet the godness of Christ. He says, woman, why do you involve me? Okay, the Brooklyn version of this is like, ma, why are you messing with me, mom? Okay, basic, all right? And so he says, woman, why do you involve me? And Jesus, repl Jesus replied, my hour, now he's in God. My hour has not yet come. Very important, very significant. It says his mother, virtually ignoring what he said, only, as only moms could do, his mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with, mother, uh, with water. So, bleh. <laughs> Hallelujah. Fill. <laughs> I got the word in my spirit, you know. <laughs> okay, fill the jars with water, not with mother. Fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, 
though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Let me pause here. Could you go back for a second? This is, this is kind of not in, in line with today's message, but I want to say something to you, okay? Whenever you serve in the kingdom of God, you get to see the miracles. You see, a lot of people don't get to see the miracles. But if you serve in God's kingdom, you really do get to see the miracles. And this is a classic example of that. I couldn't help but stop and mention that. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first. Then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved Everyone, let's say these four words together. Ready? The best till now. Hallelujah. Let's say that one more time. The best till now. But you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs. Remember that. The first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Now, by the way, there are some people who've taken it upon themselves to say that Jesus did miracles as a child and so on and so forth. And, um, you know, you would imagine Jesus like cheating on his chores and said, make your bed. And he would just go, and it was done. Okay. This is just so that you could know that this was his first miracle. Okay. So don't add to the Bible. And when people add to the Bible, it's no good, okay? But what you see here is this was the first of his miracles. It was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory, okay? Now, what you see here is a woman leading virtually a whole group of people into experiencing the glory of God, a spiritual woman. And... And uh, even though we're talking about spiritual mothers and we're honoring mothers today, I want to say that before we pray and get into this, I want to say that it's God's will, it would be God's joy for us to be just like Mary. How many would love to be like an arrow and an instrument that leads people into experiencing the glory of God? How many would say amen with me? Amen. So we're going to learn some lessons from Mary today. And we're going to, uh, and we're going to ask God to give us the grace to, to put these things into practice. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time in your presence. Lord, I thank you that we're your family. And Lord, you've put us together. If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be in this building together. But Lord, we're not just acquaintances, acquaintances Lord. We're the body of Christ. We belong to you and we belong to each other. And God, we want to come into the fullness of what you have for us. I pray, Lord, for every man, for every woman. God, I pray for our children behind the wall. God, I pray that you would make us all spiritual like Mary was. God, so that people, our children, our homes, our neighbors, oh God, that they would truly experience the glory of God. God, we believe that you could use us as instruments, oh Lord, to bring your glory. And so God, would you, would you minister to every heart, oh God, by your grace and power. 
We thank you to do it in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen, amen. Praise be to God. So I want to go quickly over these points because I really want to make some time to pray. Uh, um, today, my house shall be called the house of prayer. So we're going to jump into this. Four quick but very important lessons from a spiritual mother. Number one, a spiritual mother uses her sensitivity to meet the needs of others. A spiritual mother uses her sensitivity to meet the needs of others. What you see in this passage of Scripture is that because of the kind of woman that she was, she didn't just think about herself, and she didn't just think about her son and her family. It wasn't just about her. She recognized that there was a need. She's, it says, when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they. Everyone say they. they. You know, they is a very different word from me. You know, they is a very different word from us. And it's a, it's a very powerful example of how sensitive she was to the needs of others. If you want to be a bringer of the glory of God, one of the things that the Lord has to do is to make you sensitive to they. In other words, godly, uh, 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 godly people are spiritually in tune with the needs of other people. I don't know about you. Um, um, uh, uh, I had a mom who, who uh, she always had someone you know, come knocking on the door, you know, and having a need. There was always someone sleeping on the couch in our house. It's unbelievable, you know. Somebody, uh, we, we had a rough neighborhood, uh, kids who, who got beat by their dads, and those kids would come and they'd eat. And my mother, I heard my mom say this over and over and over again. My mom used to say, from the same pot that three eat, four eat. And how many know it is right for the people of God to practice care and concern and hospitality for they, for others? It's good to love your family. It's good to love God. But how many know God wants our hearts open wider than that? Can I get an amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, there's a, there's a great woman of God. Her name was Corey Tenboom, And... Um, she and her sister Betsy, this is her picture. Do we have, do we have Corey Timboom's picture? Yes. This woman was an amazing woman of God. She was a spiritual giant. And uh, there's a book on her life called uh, In the Hiding Place. And Corey Timboom and her sister Betsy were powerful women who endured the, the Holocaust. And they stood out in their efforts to help Jewish people escape the Holocaust. They hid them in their homes. They carried them in the concentration camps. They led Bible studies. They cared for the sick. And they became known as mothers in the concentration camps. Okay? God did something in the heart of these women. Okay? He did something so powerful that in the most dire, difficult of circumstances. If there was ever a time for people to just be into themselves, this was a time. But these women's had hearts so open wide. How many know? We just sang a song that said the arms of God are open wide. How many know if his arms are open wide, how many believe our arms should be open wide as well? Listen, 
These ladies were responsible for over 800 lives being saved. All because, not because they were like super powerful or whatever, just because their hearts were open. And the Bible talks about how spiritual it is to practice hospitality. Okay? When your world just becomes about you and yours, okay, you're going to miss out on the glory of God. Okay? When your world is just my needs, my issues, okay, and, uh, and I'm being responsible, of course, that's great to be responsible, but how many know there's more than to just us? How many know on the heart of God is always they? And so the first thing that you see is that she was sense, she used her sensitivity. Yes, God has made all women sensitive, but that sensitivity was put there so that the needs of others could be met. Here's the, the second thing about a spiritual mother. A spiritual mother knows who to turn to. A spiritual mother knows who to turn to. It says, when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, now, by the way, as a pause, when you read the Bible, guys, you can read one verse and so much can speak to you out of the words in one verse. The, the last point we talked about they. Now in this point we're talking about Jesus' mother said to him. Okay? And this is teaching us a lot about what it means to be spiritual. You know what, what was awesome about her is that she knew that her son was not just her son. She knew that her son was the son, the son of the living God. And what this passage of Scripture is teaching us is that we need to learn how to turn to the son. Not a son, but how we know Jesus is the son of sons. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And when the time was difficult, you know what she did? She turned to the son. Who are you turning to? If we're going to see the glory of God come down, guys, you know what we need to do? We need to learn how to turn to the son. You see, a spiritual mother she sees Jesus for who he really is. And that's what makes her so influential. There's so many people who are in this room because someone had the faith to turn to the sun. You know, because someone was praying when, when, uh, 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 when we didn't even care. She turned to the sun. A big part of being influential in the kingdom of God is the practice of turning to the sun. She knew who to turn to. Part of your coming here, okay, is God encouraging you, just turn to me. Just turn to me. Okay, is it water, turning water into wine? How many know Jesus can turn water into wine? The Bible is filled with mothers that turn to Jesus. There's another story about a, a, a mother who in the beginning wasn't even a believer. There's a story in the Bible about the Syrophoenician woman, culturally speaking, uh, um, religiously speaking, 
okay, they were pagans. They would not worship the God of the Jews. But she came into an understanding that Jesus was doing miracles and that he was the son of God. And her daughter was sick. And she turned to him and she went after him. And, and this is a very interesting passage of scripture because, because the encounter was so powerful. Jesus said to her, wait a second. Wait a second. I'm just kind of explaining the story. He says, wait a second. I came for the Jews. You guys say the Jews are not the chosen people. That's why I came for. You know why? Because I chose them. And so he keeps walking. She's like, no, please, please. He says, look, how can I give to the children, give to the dogs what's meant for the children? Like, like you would almost think that Jesus was disrespecting her. But Jesus was, was actually testing, will you really humble yourself? You see, why is it that people don't turn to the Lord the way they ought to? You know why? It's because they can't humble themselves. So he says to her, he says to her, hey, I can't give to the dogs what's, what's uh, meant for the children. And you know what? She got low and she says, I'm locking on the sun here. And she said, yes, Lord. Everyone say Lord. She said, yes, Lord. But even the dogs get crumbs off of the master's table. And when she said that, Jesus turned and said, right now, your daughter, for that kind of faith, your daughter is healed. How many know when we reach in faith, hallelujah, when we reach in faith, it doesn't matter what it is, what the situation, what the disease, what the miracle, turn to the sun, powerful things happen when we turn in faith. That's one of the things that God wants us all to have deep in our hearts. All we have to do is turn to the sun. And when we turn to the sun in faith, powerful things happen. Now, here's, in a sense, here's another lesson, kind of like moving a little further from this point. Because she not only turns to the sun, but there's something that she teaches us about the way that she turned to the sun. And this is a very, very important point for us. And the third thing is this. A spiritual mother intercedes with great authority. So I love this. This is human and it's divine. This is earthly and natural and yet it's heavenly and spiritual. Watch. So he says, woman, why do you involve me, Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. So Jesus, in this moment, he kind of pulled the God card on her. Okay? Okay? He says, why are you messing with me, ma? And then he says, my hour has not yet come. In other words, from the perspective of the divine agenda, I really wasn't intending on, on, on dealing with this issue today. Okay? And this is Scripture. But notice what she does. What she says is, okay, son, hey, do whatever he says. You know, how you know only a mother could do that? And the son knows, okay, I better listen, all right? Now, let me just say, let me just, uh, I want to say two things about this. Number one, okay, number one, I want you to notice that Jesus himself, as a son, because he was both God and man, I want you to notice that Jesus himself honored the authority, the earthly authority that God put over him. And it does us well to teach our children to honor authority. We live in a day, okay, we live in a day where children are not taught. Our culture doesn't honor mother and father. But the Bible says, honor your mother and father so that it will go well with you. 
There's a blessing that comes with that, and it's important for us to teach that to our children. I know children should, should obey their parents. Amen? And, he, and, and if Jesus obeyed, okay, so the next time they get a little, just pull out this, they say, you see what Jesus did? Right? If Jesus obeyed, how many of our kids should obey? So first thing I want you to notice is that he really, he came under. The, 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 the kingdom of God is very powerful. And so he honored that. But watch this. What this is telling us, okay, this is telling us something incredible about prayer and intercession. This is telling us that even if something is not on God's agenda, okay, real faith and intercession can put it on God's agenda. What this is saying is, woman, my time, my hour has not yet come. Okay? Look at what Billy Sunday said about this. He said, there is more power in a mother's hand than there is in a king's scepter. This is powerful. There's more power in a mother's hand than in a king's scepter. You know why? Because this mother turned to Jesus, the son of God, and she believed. When you turn to God, you need to turn and believe. You need to have faith that what you're asking for will be done. She said, hey, do what he says because he's about to take care of business. And when we pray, we need to pray in faith. We need to come to God knowing, here's what it means. Let's take you have a wayward child today. Okay, let's, let's use that as a for instance. Let's say you have a wayward child. So wherever your child is right now, you know, I hope they're sitting with you for Mother's Day. But wherever your child is right now, they may not have God on their mind. Do you know that no one at that wedding had God on their mind? Even the bridegroom, they didn't think it through. They didn't plan enough. We don't know what the reasons for this little mini crisis or calamity that was going to take place. But it doesn't matter. They were not thinking about God. In this passage of scripture, in a lot of ways, the intimation is, is God, he knows everything, but God was not really thinking about them. Okay? We know God knows everything. But in terms of God intervening in this situation, this passage is very deliberate. He says, my hour, my time has not yet come. Jesus was literally saying, I wasn't planning on intervening. But because the mother turned to him and said basically, yes, but you're God. Okay, and you're God, and you're the one who said, call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will answer. And even if it wasn't on your agenda, I know your nature and your character, that when your people turn in faith to you, and when they believe God, you release your authority and great power. How many know God is able when we turn in faith? <laughs> Hallelujah. Today, today, 2016, it still works the same way. It still works the same way. Okay? Let me tell you how things get done in the kingdom of God. Things get done in the kingdom of God when people pray with great faith. When people turn to God and say, God, here's my situation. Here's what's going down. And God, I believe, oh God. 
Let me tell you, lots of stuff gets done. You can, get, you can try with your own hands. You can try. But when we turn and we believe, all she did was she had a, man, Mary had some serious, how many need some authority like Mary did? Just do what he says. I love it. I love it. And that was put there to teach us that faith moves the hands of God. Maybe you're here today and you've got a crisis type situation. Hallelujah, we can turn to the, how many know we can turn to the sun right now? And we can believe. Now there's a last point and we're going to pray. We specifically, I want to say this in just a couple of minutes um, because I want to make sure we have time to pray like we did. We had a wonderful time of prayer in the, in the last service. Now, here's a very important point, okay, and there's a lot of depth to this. Um, um, and this addresses a question that maybe everyone has had lingering in the back of the mind. But let me get the point out. Last thing that we learned from her is that spiritual mothers... A spiritual mother is a pursuer of joy for all. It says, then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. Now, guys, why do you think that he did that? Okay? Jesus knew that we would be reading this thousands of years later. Okay? He could have just done the miracle and just let the serve, serve the wine. But he was making a point. Remember, this is a very symbolic passage of Scripture. So it says, then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew a little more. Then he called the bridegroom and set us aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first, then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved everyone the best till now. But you have saved the best till now. You see, what she wanted is for those people to get God's best. She wanted them to get God's best. Now, let's talk about wine because um, uh, I know at least some people in this room say, oh, so Jesus is into wine, huh? Go ahead. Go ahead. You can say, mm, just not a little. Just. Okay. We, let's talk about wine. Okay. Because wine and drinking is a hot topic in the church right now. Okay. Well, I want to give you some some, uh, uh, some background information on this that is very, very important for you to interpret the Bible. Okay, first of all, okay, uh, uh, someone once was justifying, you know, being a drinker, and they said, well, hey, Jesus made wine at a wedding, right? Everybody said yes. Okay, and so the reply from another believer was, oh, so you like the words of Christ, don't you? Well, let me give you a piece of advice. If you like those words, how about following all of the words of Christ? Amen. How many of us are supposed to like all of the words of Christ? Can I get it? That should be a better clap, guys. Wow. Listen, it's so funny because in the first service, I had the people with me. And then when I started talking about wine, it was 
Got real quiet. All right, so let's talk about this. Wine in the Jewish culture was very symbolic, okay? In the Old Testament, there are all kinds of verses where God said, I will give you wine to make your heart glad. Wine uh, um, was a symbol of the joy that the Holy Spirit can bring. When we draw near to God, when we get close to God, the rabbis used to say if, there's, if there was a, a, a festivity going on, uh, the rabbis used to say if there's no wine, there's no joy. So the wine was symbolic of the greater joy that only the Holy Spirit could bring. And, the wine, and the, the, even the rabbis used to say that. Now, this is, this is not made up. This is common to the culture. Number one. Drunkenness was disgraceful in that culture. If you went to someone's house and got tipsy, you know, they were like, they were like, oh, snap. Okay? And let me tell you one of the reasons why. is because in that time, uh, um, when they would get wine, they had a special mixture. Wine was one part wine, three parts water. For every cup of wine that was served, that cup was diluted with three parts water. That's the way it was. Listen, that is true to the culture, and you could look up, uh, 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 if you do a little research, that's what you will find, okay? So if someone had a couple glasses of wine, what they really had, it's like, uh, how many like drinking coffee, okay? Let me see your hands. So um, I go to a gym and uh, they have coffee at, 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 well, they call it coffee, right? <laughs> Here's what I'm trying to say, okay? I drink espresso. I'm Cubano, and my father drank those little shots. I can drink those little shots all day. Sometimes I'll go there, and I was like, oh, man, I need a cup of coffee. I've had someone say, go have some of that coffee. I said, no, that's brown water. That's what that is, <laughs> okay? I don't really need brown water. I need fuerte. <laughs> you know what I mean? The wine that they drank, okay, was very different than what's going on in our day. Let me just, I just want to say that. Number two, in our day, wine has taken such a, 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 a horrific hold on our culture, you see, because it, wine today is not like wine back then, okay? It's taken such a horrific hold on our culture, guys, that the Bible teaches in other places that you shouldn't do things that will cause other people to stumble. So, for example, Christy and I, we wouldn't, if, if somebody, could you imagine somebody seeing me at a restaurant drinking wine? What if that person was a, grew up in an alcoholic home? What if, they, what if that was a big battle? So the reason why Christians are encouraged not to be wine drinkers is because of what a demonic thing wine really has become in our culture. You know, people's lives have been destroyed by wine. I was reading in one of the commentaries, and, uh, and the guy was saying, oh, yeah, you know what wine for me is now? Wine for me is food on the table, on my children's table. Wine is clothing. Wine is a mortgage payment that I can make because that thing doesn't control me anymore. So that's more the biblical context of when Jesus turned the water into wine. Can I, can I get an amen? We don't need the wine of this world. We need the wine of the Holy Spirit. He has the best. Hallelujah. 
He has the best for us. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. But you know, the thrust of this passage of Scripture is that we can learn from a simple woman like Mary that if we turn to the Son and we pray in faith and belief, how many believe today all things are possible with God? Amen. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together. Okay. Okay. So, uh, um, so you know, you know, right? Truth is not a collecting knowledge. Okay. Truth is, is, is bending your will to it. Truth is practice. It's, it's, it's putting what you learn into practice. How many like to put the truth into practice? That's what we're going to do right now. Okay? The Bible says my house shall be called a house of prayer. The most natural thing for us to do is to pray. Everyone say pray. pray. All of us should know how to pray. How many agree with that? Can I get an amen? amen. All right. So... When you come into the church, right, not every time that you come into the church are you in desperate need. But you know, every time we gather together, somebody is in a deep need. And when they're in the deep need, how many know if we're not in the deep need, that's our opportunity to do what? To everyone? Pray. Come on, guys. Levanta. That's our chance to pray. Okay, because it's not just about me. It's not just about you. How do I know? It's about they. If you're here today, maybe it's your body. Maybe you're sick. You know, we were in a meeting yesterday, a leaders meeting, where a brother was told, listen, get your house in order. He had a horrendous uh, uh, um, um, a message from the doctor saying you've got cancer and and it's not good and you know what we did we everyone prayed okay and the report came back afterward his body is clean 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 hallelujah because the sunset's free is free indeed hallelujah 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 there are so many people who used to be in so many backward places but they're here today because someone decided to everyone pray Hallelujah. And the Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you're here today, Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And so you've come to the right place. I want you to stand. If you have a need, it could be a physical need, an emotional need, a marital need. It doesn't matter what it is. God knows what it is. Go ahead and stand right in your seat. All you got to do is humble yourself and say, I need you, God. I need you. So stand up and lift your hand to God, and we're going to begin to pray. We're going to turn like Mary did. We're going to turn and say, say, son, but not my son, the son of the living God, the king of kings, the Lord of all. God, we're turning to you today, 
and, and we're going to pray. Hallelujah. Begin to tell him your need. And if you're not standing, I want you to begin to pray to the left and to the right. Choir members, slip out and go stand with people with hands that are raised. Leaders, slip out of your seat. If you're a member here and you see someone with their hand up, go over and pray. But everyone turn in a direction. Let's make this a house of prayer. Just for a few moments, everyone open your mouth and say, God, do the miracle, oh God. Give the best right now. Come on, open your mouths and begin to pray. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Stop, stop. Everybody stop. Everybody stop. Listen, I got to teach you something. You know what pray means? Pray means pray. It means open your mouth and say, God, I need you. It means open your mouth. Do you know when you pray out loud for someone, it edifies, it builds their faith. When you're in a challenge, sometimes you need to hear someone who believes. Okay, there's something powerful that happens when you say, God, I believe you today for my brother. I don't even know his name, but God, he's my brother, and I'm asking you for a miracle to take place in his life. Now, if you have a need, raise your hand, and if you don't have the need, open your mouth and begin to pray. Come on, everyone in the building, my house shall be called the house of prayer. Hallelujah, Jesus. We believe you today, oh God. We believe you today. Move by your mighty power. Hallelujah. Yes, singers, help me. Come on and move. Move by your mighty power all over this building. Let heaven touch earth today. Let heaven touch earth today by your mighty power. Lord, let heaven touch earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We believe. We lift our voices today. We believe, oh God. Hallelujah. We believe that you hear when we pray. Let your kingdom come today, oh God. Let your kingdom come, oh God. God, we pray, oh God, that you would do a miracle, oh God, right now by your mighty power. We lift up people that are sick, oh God sick in their bodies, Lord. God, we rebuke cancer. We rebuke every disease known to man, oh God. Nothing is too hard for you. Clean, oh God, clean blood today, oh God. Move by your mighty power. Restore marriages. We lift up marriages to you today, oh God. Send your spirit of power. Bring healing to marriages today. Heal homes, oh God. Heal relationships with children. We lift up family members that are away from the Lord, oh God. Hear our cry, oh Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We rebuke depression in the name of Jesus, oh God. Let depression be removed, oh God. Remove heaviness of thought, fog in the mind. Lift it in the name of Jesus. 
Break the power of addictions today, oh God. We believe, we believe, we believe it is finished, God. It is done in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's praise Him. We believe it is done. Put your hands together and thank Him in advance. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you, God. Hallelujah, Lord, we thank you, God. Blessed be your name, O God. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Take the hand of someone next to you. We're going to pray as we go. One last closing prayer. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this day. We thank you that we serve a God who's alive and who hears and who answers the cries of his people, oh God. Hallelujah to our God. And Father, so many people focus on what you did for Mary. You made her pregnant with the Son of God. But Lord, today we thank you for the life of faith that Mary lived. And God, we pray, oh God, that you would make every person here, this is what your prayer is. God, use my brother, use my sister to be a bringer of joy, a bringer of your glory. That's God's plan. Everyone, make us bringers of joy, oh God. Help us, oh God, to bring joy. Oh God, help us let the glory come, oh God, as every person steps in, Father God. Change us. Make us men and women of faith, oh God. Help us to learn these spiritual lessons, oh God. And we thank you, God. Father, we go from this place now. Lord, we go from this place with our hearts enlarged, oh God. Thank you, God, for open our, opening our hearts wider. And we pray that you would make us sensitive to the they, not just to the us. We pray, oh God, that you use us to meet the needs of those who need to know you and need to be touched by you. Bless your people now. Let them go with a fresh outpouring of the wine of the Spirit upon their lives. Let the joy of the Lord be our strength. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Come on, let's give him a loud hand of praise. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you. Happy Mother's Day once again to all of the moms. Greet one another before you go.